Hello, welcome to the podcast. I hope you're well. Welcome to Inside Anna's Mind. I'm doing good, you know. Yesterday was interesting. Actually, this weekend was interesting. I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but like my mood has been up and down. Oh my gosh, like yesterday, I did a 30 kilometer run. I was buzzing after. I was like, oh my God, I'm so strong. Um, felt great, came home, super low, super low. I don't know whether it was because I had a really like interactive day with friends, well, morning, half day. Okay, it went on till 2 p.m. So you can calculate that for yourself. Um, but I came back and I was like, I was so down and I was just like procrastinating, scrolling, all of that jazz. And then I turned up for myself, had a bath, foam rolled, massage gun, my massage gun, yeah. Did that to my legs. And then I was like feeling so good. And then I felt low again, really, really low as soon as I put on a film. And then, oh my gosh, it was just so up and down. I was like, can the universe give me a break for a second? Like, oh, just, I don't, I don't know what it was. I, I don't know. I'll probably figure it out in therapy today or tomorrow, whenever it is. Um, but yeah, I just had to get that off my chest. Um, I thought I'd kind of mix this little episode up or like mix it up and do more of like a Q&A, get to know me because I feel like, well, obviously I'm the one who's edited all my videos or I've recorded podcasts or I've recorded YouTubes. And so I'm aware of everything I've said, or at least I think, like I'm sure I've missed things that I just assume people know. And I kind of realized that like, of course, no one has like seen everything. And, you know, depending on when you started like listening to the podcast or following me on socials, you might not know like some bits about me. So I thought I'd do a little q and I put a little question box up on my main Instagram and I just thought I'd go through some questions and more like background life questions, you know, like my roots or I don't know, random things. I haven't even looked at the questions yet. Like I'm gonna do it now. So yeah, like take a little lesson, get to know some things about me and if there's anything I say that you're like, oh my God, I'm so interested to like know more about that or something. Um, I'll, I put up like question boxes, probably like once a week on my podcast page, maybe every other week. If I like don't know exactly what to record or what like people necessarily wanna hear. Um, and so feel free to like put them in there or I might put a question box up saying like, okay, if you've listened to the last episode, is there any more questions off that? And then maybe I can go into like, more detail into some things but I have this weird feeling at the moment and maybe you guys can help me out because you are literally the listeners of the podcast and I don't want to come to a place where I feel like I'm repeating myself but I also am aware that a lot of the, like the things I get often I don't know whether it's either people haven't listened to certain episodes or whether like you just need to hear it again and is it annoying if you hear me say something again because I've had it from people before saying no it's really helpful but I don't know whether it was just those people or whatever um and so yeah I feel like this is our podcast and so I just love your kind of like support and help with that um and obviously like I rotate on topics but it's just nice to know because obviously this is a long-term thing and I've been doing it for nearly two years which is so crazy um but yeah I'm just interested in what you guys think Okay, we're gonna start off right from the beginning. And someone asked, where were you born? So I was actually born in Brussels in Belgium. My parents lived there for like, maybe like seven or nine years. I don't really know before I was born. My sister was born there too. They were just living there. My mum was half American and my grandma is English. And then on my dad's side, both English. 
So I guess I've got like a quarter American in me. Um, but yeah, so they moved to Brussels for like work and stuff. They had their own little business and yeah, I was born there. And then if I just like carry that on to give you like a time frame of where I've lived, I then moved to the Caribbean, a little island called Aruba. And it's literally called One Happy Island. <laughs> and I moved there when I was two years old because basically my dad wasn't like in my life when I was like born and for the first two years. So my mum's my mum's been single my whole life. And well, not anymore, she is married now. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. So my dad moved to the Caribbean, I think when I was born and then for work again, he worked in kind of project managing like the big hotels cause it's a tourist island. Obviously there's loads of locals there, but like there was a lot of hotels. And so he was kind of high up in that. And then when I was like two years old, apparently I started saying like Papa and stuff like that. And my mom was like, okay, maybe I need to like try again with her dad or well, our dad, um, cause I have a sister. And so she packed up, moved everything to the Caribbean. We then lived there for four years. And so two till six years old, I was in the Caribbean with my sister and my mom and my dad. My mom and dad weren't together. I think they were trying it, like trying to work out a few times, but never really like functioned as a family, if that makes sense. My dad ended up finding like, well, we call her like my stepmom, and they had two, well, she had two daughters. So it was kind of like, I don't look back on that time and think, thought it was disastrous or anything. Like all my family isn't together. Obviously I want to like be one happy family, but on my dad's side, I had a whole nother family. I had two stepsisters. So when we were at my dad's, we had like four girls together and then a stepmom. And then when I was with my mom, had my mom, and then she just had a load of like girlfriends and stuff. And so we had like a little community and stuff like that. So that was my life in the Caribbean. And then when I was six years old, apparently what made the move was my auntie called my mom. And she was just like, what are you still doing in the Caribbean? Like, is it even working out with like David, my dad? And my mom was like, oh my God, like it's not like, and she kind of realized the school systems there weren't very good. Also all our family were in England. And so she kind of like, fully kind of like ended things with my dad. Like my dad wasn't willing to kind of move or sort things out. I, I don't know the logistics. Do you know what I mean? Like I was six. Anyways, mum packs us up, we go to England and then we have lived in England. Yeah, for the rest of my life. Um, And yeah, that's my kind of timeline, I guess. I've lived in like, some people find this so like, I don't know. I, I know some people have lived in like one house their whole life. I think we calculated the other year. Oh, it must, it can't have been the other year. It must have been literally last year. And I think I've lived in like 17 or 18 houses, um, which is just, I don't know. I guess that's why I like moving. Like every few years I'm like, okay, let's go somewhere else. Like I'm bored of this place. I don't know. Um, but I found it quite fun moving quite a lot. And over the years, it gave me this skill of like getting rid of stuff and not like hoarding because you couldn't, every time you moved house, you had to get rid of some stuff. So I was always like getting rid of stuff. And so I feel like everything in my apartment currently is very like, not up to date. Like I have a few memory boxes, don't get me wrong. And I think I have a few memory boxes back at home, but I feel quite like fresh with the things that I own and stuff like that. I feel like that was such a detailed question to like where you were born, but I have to give you the run through. Okay, next one was, 
as a kid, what was your dream job? This is so interesting because obviously I didn't really know, like I, did, I wasn't like, oh, I wanna be an astronaut, you know, when kids grow up and say that. I know that when I went into secondary school, I started, well, I loved sport, but I was never an elite athlete in a certain sport. And I was really mad at my mum when I was younger. Now I'm not, of course. But I was just like, I wanna be a gymnast. You know, I, I really, really wanted to be a gymnast. And she's a yoga, well, she's more than a yoga teacher now, but at the time, like her main job was a yoga teacher. And she was kind of very against all the like serious backbending and what it does to your body and like as a child and also like knew it wasn't like a very positive environment. Um, obviously everyone has different experiences, but in terms of like training, she was just like, no. And also big factor, which she did say as well, but it was probably like an even bigger factor is the money. And we did not grow up having too much money. And so training in any sport in like an elite way wasn't an option. And so I would go to like, especially in secondary school, I was in every single sports squad because I just like tried to be in as many almost like free activities as possible. Um, and so I would just try to do everything. I'd do all the after school clubs, like in the morning or in the lunchtime or after school. And I would spend hours in my garden, just like playing around, like physical activity, like moving my body in some way has always been such a big part of my life. And so when I was in secondary school, I thought that I was gonna be like a PE teacher or something because I knew that I liked teaching and I knew that I liked helping people because literally from the start of secondary school, like when you have your friendship groups, I'd always find myself kind of like trying to like help people or if people wanted to get into like like exercise or sports, like I'd try to teach them or healthy habits. Like, or, or if you ask like some of my friends, like Lily, Isha, like, like you know them, but like my like friends that I'm still friends with now, they'd be like, yeah, she was always like, I don't know, like, telling us her, her morning routine or things like that. Um, and that was from quite a young age and just, I just enjoyed it. And so I enjoyed helping people. And so I was like, right, maybe I wanna be like a PE teacher. And I loved the theory side of sport as well. And I loved science and I loved maths. But then I always had like, especially when I kind of maybe like 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, or not 19, 15 to 18 years old, I was like, maybe I, want to do something just a little bit more than that. And so I kind of thought that I'd be a PE teacher that would end up one day like going around schools or doing like talks or like TED talks. I don't know, like I had this vision of sharing more with the world. And it's so funny now, like the job that I'm in, like, I don't know, like having a podcast, doing panel talks, um, guesting on podcasts and sharing my videos online. It's like kind of my way of like, helping out people, I guess. So, and, and it's all about fitness and sport, like a PE teacher. So I guess like that has come to come into it. When I was 18, obviously it was my last year of kind of sixth form. So like your educating years in England and you know, the schools are like, right, what uni are you gonna go to? Like, what are you gonna do? And that year I had lost my dad and it really, really hit me, but not in a way of like processing him. It just affected everything else in my life. Like I rarely thought about him, but I was so depressed, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and so I had to drop an A-level. And so then I also wasn't actually, or not so then, 
And then also I wasn't actually too intrigued in going to like uni uni when kind of in the way of like accommodation and the whole kind of like, not I'm gonna say the party culture cause you can make it what you wanna make it. But that already didn't really, I don't know, intrigued me. Also money. Now I know obviously like student loan is a thing and all of those things, but in that final year where I had to, well, final two years where I had to start making decisions, I was so down that like, I wasn't really, I don't know. I was literally just doing the best I could do. And so I had to drop a A-level just so I could literally get by because taking maths A-level was just so bad on my mental health. And so I finished A-levels with a chemistry A-level and PA level I got like an A star and a B. So I was pretty happy with that. But that basically kind of ruled out, well, it didn't definitely rule out. But again, I didn't really look into like a proper uni where you go into it. I just thought, okay, I don't have three levels. Maybe I can't do it. And I looked into doing, well, I actually started it. What was it called? A degree of functional nutrition. And it's basically how you kind of look into people. Let's say they've got diseases or problems with their health and stuff. What are they eating and what can they add to their diet, add to their daily lifestyle to make some of those things go away? So like this certain food helps with that, which would then decrease that, etc. There's a load more into it, but that's just like a brief kind of overview. And so I was like, right, I'm just going to go into that. Maybe I'll use that for kind of personal training and do some sort of something. So I took my personal training degree. I started off that uni course and within a month I stopped. I did not understand referencing and my socials blew up. And I was just like, you know what? I am just going to take the jump. And it was the best jump that I've ever taken in my life because if I didn't, I don't know where I'd be. Or maybe I would have just taken it further down the line. I don't know. But I took it pretty early on. I just had this, I well, not this idea, like it was already blowing up, but I was probably only like on 30K on Instagram. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I said to my mum, because obviously parents like security. And I said to my mum, you know, and my stepdad, I was like, you know, I actually have no problem that if in three years or however many years I need a degree, I don't mind going to university at 25 because you can go to university at any age, but obviously kind of in England, people go like straight away or take a gap year and then go. And I was like, I will have no kind of shame or no nothing if I step into uni at 25 because things haven't worked out. And I kind of said that and they were like, okay, cool. Like whatever you want to do. And obviously now I'm not going to be going into uni. I am pretty happy with what I'm doing. And I've learned so many skills on the way that I, I can't even explain it. Like if you think about entrepreneurs, not all of them take uni degrees and they can make businesses, they can make things run. They understand kind of the whole entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, entrepreneur industry. And that's kind of where I've gone down, sharing my message, all of that stuff, video editing. And so, yeah, that's kind of me. Someone said, were you a confident teenager? You know, I think I have a mix of opinions on this one. On my body, no, in a way of, I always struggled with body image growing up. You know, some may say daddy issues <laughs> and all mummy issues. I don't even know, bit of both, but, or, or just my stuff, I don't know. And so I wasn't overly confident in my body, but I think I definitely was somewhat confident. Like I've always been to a level of 
being Anna and being kind of weird within that and not hiding that. Now, yes, you know, going when you start like seeing boys and they start coming into your life and you're young, maybe I shut some of that stuff off to impress them. But actually most of the time I would kind of stay me in social situations and that would be kind of my personality or why, I don't know, not why I made friends, but that was just me. I think my confidence as a teenager was probably higher when I was like 13 to 17. And then when I lost my dad, it was just like to the bottom. Um, so yeah, and it's taken, you know, a good amount of time. Like I would say like probably like a two solid years to come to a place where I am now. And that's like two solid years of since making the decision to kind of put myself first and be even more Anna and you know love my body and all of those things so where you see me at today wasn't where i always was was oh gosh my english right now is not great but let's just ignore that but yeah i've always i've always been anna to an extent someone asked did you ever lose your period yeah i lost it when i started restricting um well when i got like really underweight and when i was going through an ed i guess probably lost it for like six months, maybe five months. Um, well, not not just if that makes sense. Like it's, I think any time losing your period is a concern. And I had so many other things on my brain at that time that questioning why my period wasn't there just didn't come, like it just didn't come into question. I didn't think about it. I didn't care. All I cared about was what I looked like and anything else that happened, I, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't in my place to care about. But as soon as I started eating more, it came back. And I would highly recommend, you know, if I had to give some top tips to get your period back, you've got to reduce stress, reduce the intensity of your exercise. You know, you've got to increase rest days, you've got to eat more fats, you've got to eat more carbs, you've got to eat more calories, like, you've got to do all of that stuff to get it back. And I would 100% make it a, you know, priority you know if you have a period you are very privileged to have one you know we have the possibility of bringing a child into the earth it's also how our body runs like we have so many like hormone cycles and everything and so you know it is a priority and I know everyone has like very bad stigmas over periods and everyone goes through different types and I can completely have empathy for people who have really really hard periods but when you are able to kind of sync up with it more and have compassion for yourself, you know, it's when we want to be going 100 miles per hour every single day of the month. Of course, we're not going to love our period because it slows us down at points, but it also increases our creativity. It, you know, I, there's a book called Flow and there's quite a few books on like your cycle and stuff. Or even if you listen to podcasts about, um, what's it called? Cycle syncing or just type in like, cycles of your period or menstruation and you can learn quite a lot of like different things to do in different stages of your cycle i've got a book upstairs and i'm going to start reading it more because you know even i like week before my period is the worst i am just so unenergized body image goes a bit down i feel deflated i can't get as much done as i'd like to and you know every time i have a period i question myself but I question it slightly less every time it happens because I realize, oh, I'm about to come onto my period. Okay, let's have a bit more compassion for myself. And then next month I'm like, 
oh my God, why can I not do this? And why can I not do that? Why can't I lift this heavy or run this fast? And I'm like, oh, it's because I'm on my period. And so every time I have more compassion for myself. Someone asked, how old are you? I am 22. My birthday's in September, 26th of September. I think a lot of people have a birthday on that day, 2001. And yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is that when I was like 16, I thought 18 was so old. When I was 18, I was like, oh my God, when I hit 20, that is such a scary number. And then when I was 21, I thought 22. And I'm just like, I feel so young, if not younger every single year. So if you're, I've got a fear about age or growing up, please don't. Because growing up, you know, when I say growing up, like getting older by age and number, you actually get more independence. You get to have more fun. You get to do the things you want to do. I can't believe when I was like living at home, 16, 17, 18, that I thought that would be the like tip. What do you call it? Like the best time of my life. I genuinely thought like, oh my God, I won't have a social life because I won't have school. And you know, you just get into adult stuff and you know, adults make life seem so scary and everything. And really I have so much fun. Like I bloody love it. And I know that when I'm 25, I'll feel like, oh my gosh, I'm literally only 25. And so I don't like to think about my age too much anymore. Like I'm not scared of being 23 anymore because I'm like, I feel young at 22. Oh, someone asked, have you been rejected slash ghosted by guys? Yeah, of course. Oh my God, we all go through it. And like, it's nothing on us. It's just life. Like literally just life. You cannot take rejection personal because it's just what the other person wants. And are we not all allowed kind of freedom of what we want and need in our life? You know, if someone started liking you, you wouldn't feel obliged to like them back. If you don't want to be with them or don't see something going forward, you don't have to. Obviously there's a nice way to do it and a nice way to end things. And if you go someone, it's not gonna be the best experience for the other person. And so I've never done it, but yeah, probably ghosted by people. Oh, I don't really know. Maybe when I was younger and I was like talking to guys, probably. Um, and then rejected, yeah, completely. Um, I always found myself like falling for a guy that didn't want a relationship, but not always, like, don't get me wrong. I've had some relationships, but like in between, I'll fall for the person that doesn't want something. And then I think that I'm able to change it. And I'll be like, but surely I could make you like see me in a girlfriend way, which if you do that, just don't. It is such a waste of energy. And I talked about communication in my last podcast episode. And if you're in a situation or anything like that, please go listen because I don't wanna repeat myself, but I said some good stuff. And even my friend, Lily, who I don't even, I didn't even realize she listened to my podcast. She was like, I loved your podcast. I was like, oh my God, you listened to that? And she was like, yeah, it was really good. So yeah, maybe listen to that one. Someone asked, are you planning on traveling more in the future? Yes, 100%. I've got, well, I've got some like UK trips. Like I'm going to Scotland at the end of the month. And then I've got LA in March, which is super exciting for the marathon. I'm doing the LA marathon. And then also my mum and sister, sister, sister are in LA at the moment. Well, my sister lives in America, well, she lives in LA. And so my mum's visiting her at the moment. And so I'm gonna go visit them in March because they're still gonna be out there. Well, my mum is at least, and my sister, but that's because she lives there. 
And so it's gonna be like a marathon trip, plus go see family, which is gonna be super cute. And then beginning of April, I'm going to Paris, which I'm so excited for. I'm gonna go support my friend in the Paris marathon. We're gonna stay there a few nights. I'm inviting some other girlies to come. We're gonna make it a little girls trip because I also wanna explore Paris a bit more. I've been there a few times, but that was when I was younger. So I feel like I need an adult trip over there. And then I've got Berlin at the end of April-ish because I'm doing Berlin High Rocks, which I'm super excited for too. And I'm gonna have a few days either side of the competition to go explore Berlin because I don't think I've ever been there and I really wanna explore it. So if you have any recommendations, I'll probably put something up soon asking for some recs. And then after that, I, I will be traveling again and you can probably guess where little Australia um but things aren't fully like set yet when I kind of go but yeah traveling is definitely in the mix I just love it so much and I saw a question earlier with like finances and traveling and guilt around it and obviously everyone's in different financial situations and you know you, you can only do things that are within your means but we're all allowed to spend money on what we want essentially you know someone can go to the pub and buy drinks every weekend someone else can go save up and travel and obviously flights cost money and like holidays or traveling cost money but if that's what you're saving up for don't feel guilty when you spend it because you're creating experiences honestly like the ways that I remember my years is like oh when I went there and when I went there and I always think like when I look back I want to be able to say yeah when I was 22 I went here when I was 24 I went there and yeah you just get to meet so many amazing people you also get to experience different cultures which I think shows you different side of the world and you know especially if like sometimes if we live in a small town our whole lives we have no idea of like how other people live or what they go through or what their culture's like Someone said, what is your Strava slash why don't you have it? I think this is an interesting one. Now, I have a Strava, but it's completely on private. Like I literally just have it. I don't even post all my runs on it. I only have it so I can like plan a route, if that makes sense. And it's connected to my runner app. Um, but I hardly ever kind of, I don't know. I don't regularly or religiously post every single run. You know, why I don't share it or why I don't do it in a public way i guess like i don't see the benefit of it kind of thing you know maybe people could say oh but it'd be inspiring but like would that not be comparing if you saw like religiously how many runs i went on like i go on three a week it's not really like that exciting i'm obviously doing my marathon training but i don't know i just feel like there's this whole thing like i'm not really a strava user so i don't scroll in runs but i see people do it and they'll like scroll through and see what people ran. And I was like, but what if you're having like a rest day and you're chilling and then you see someone do like 30K? Now I'm personally okay with that, which is also why I don't think I have an interest in the app because I just don't really care. But, and, and when I see people post on the story, I don't really care, but I've talked to friends and when people post that they get affected. So I wouldn't really wanna be like a catalyst in that or add to it at least. I don't know, I guess I just don't see the benefit um we all have such individual training plans and types of training and it's best just to focus on you and you know when I do a run and I want to share about it I put it on my Instagram story but I definitely yeah I, I don't know there's not really much to it <laughs> someone said what drives you that is such an interesting deep question 
And I'm sure there's lots of different reasons all muddled up into what gets me up in the morning. But I think it's this understanding that we have so much potential and knowing that, you know, if we're just talking about myself here, I have so much potential, but only if I put the steps into reach it. And so I wouldn't want to look back on life and go, oh, but, you know, what if you actually tried with that? And not in a way of like needing to do everything and better and never enough and got to do more, but just in a way of like experiencing life and not everything is about work. Like when I talk about what drives me and like potential, even just potential of seeing the world, you know, if the next few years I'm traveling a bit more and I'm taking more time off work, but I'm creating memories, that's what I, what goes under kind of potential for me. I want to look back and be like, wow, like I traveled, I did this, I did all these other things. Like that for me is kind of what is important. I think another thing that drives me is like, I just want to be able to help people and I want to be able to make a change. And knowing that there's people out there thinking that they're alone on certain situations when I have experienced those situations, it is my duty to share. <laughs> like not my duty, but like I am here to help. Like I couldn't think of anything worse. Well, I can because I was, I used to be there, you know, thinking that you're the only one going through certain things, really, really struggling, you know, not aware that anyone else is going through stuff or just not knowing what to do and not having that support around you. So me being able to be that support for other people is like a really big thing for me. I guess another thing that drives me is seeing that work does pay off and putting in the work does pay off and it brings you a new opportunity. It brings you a new experience, a new avenue and then you're like, oh, okay, maybe if I do it again, something else will come. And so it's like, I'm in this constant kind of cycle of work and reward. It's like, oh, a new opportunity came up. Wow, this is amazing. Okay, I'm gonna work harder. And then six months later, what I worked harder for comes up in an opportunity. Um, everything's always on kind of like a, like a delayed gratification, I guess. What you work for today is not gonna make a difference right now, but if you stick with it in a year, it very much could bring this whole other thing to your life. And so I'm always kind of working for the long term, not for the immediate. And this could be like a different avenue of it. But in terms of like finances, what drives me to kind of stay on top of it more in terms of like admin work or kind of, you know, thinking in the future about your money, like pensions and organizing your money and having it all in order that for me is probably the security of money that I didn't have when I was younger. And so I generally feel stressed when my finances aren't in check. Like obviously I have a business. And so if everything isn't in order within it, you know, through my accountant or my finance lady and stuff, I will feel stressed. And so I, what drives me to actually get the stuff done is the fact that, well, I feel stressed about it and I don't have that security. And so at the moment working towards being in a position where things are in place so I can feel more secure and not, and, and when I talk about that, 
I don't necessarily mean more money. I mean, management of money, you know, for years there was money coming in, but there was no management of it, like within the bank account. And so now coming to a place of a lot more management inside of it. And that's the part that kind of brings like ease to my mind. Um, I won't go into too much detail because it might be boring, but just kind of like pensions, ISAs, other things. But don't stress about that if you like, like what's that about or whatever. Going on to a side topic, I really do like learning about money. Um, I think as a woman, it's quite empowering to understand what's going on, understand conversations that, you know, whether or not it's a man or not, but most of the time it is about, you know, words in finance and things they say, and it just flies over your head. And I'm reading a book at the moment called How to Speak Money. And it literally talks about the fact that there's this whole other lingo for words. Like when people say certain words or certain phrases in terms of finance, it means this whole other thing. And what it does is it cuts off a population to actually understand it because they're never taught it. We're never taught it in school essentially. And so only a section of the population understand all the terms and words of money. And so they essentially can profit off it more, if that makes sense. Whereas some people are left in the dark because you're never taught this stuff. So if that makes sense or you're interested about that, I'd recommend reading that book. Um, but one of my like things that drive me to kind of read that stuff and I guess know about that stuff is if I'm in a conversation, I want to know what's going on. If I'm talking to a new financial advisor, I want to know I'm making the right decision. Um, if I'm gonna invest in a new company, I, I wanna be confident in what I'm doing and not just be like, oh, she's just a young girl and she doesn't really know what she's doing. Like, I don't like that. <laughs> Someone said, what was it like growing up? Obviously I kind of talked at the beginning of like my timeline, but you know, so I moved to the Caribbean when I was six. No, sorry. <laughs> so I moved to, so I moved to England when I was six. And then I didn't have contact with my dad for four years, which definitely was really hard. And to think about that now, it's just a bit extreme. Like, could you not just reach out to me? <laughs> like, I don't know why there wasn't contact. Obviously there wasn't phones, there wasn't things, but like, come on, like you can still contact your kids. I don't know whether maybe once a year I got something. Like, I don't think I did. I think the first time we had a call was when I was 10 years old and well like since we kind of left Aruba and he was like do you want to come back to Aruba and what was funny was that those four years where I had no contact with my dad I kept dreaming about the day that my dad would fly over to England I never ever thought in my whole entire life that I'd go back to Aruba not because I wanted to but because we had no money. Like, how would I fly to Aruba? I didn't even think about it. Also, you're young. You don't even know that like, you're allowed to do that. And he was like, yeah, I'll pay for your flights. Like, come over. Now, my dad had money. My mum did not. Um, they used to have money together when they had the business together. I don't want to go into detail because it's my mum's private life. Um, but my dad went on to earn, you know, quite a good amount of money. Um, and then obviously my mum was a single mum. So she literally grinded so hard she was working her job she was doing everything like creds to that woman she is incredible um and so my dad ended up paying for flights and it became a bit of a tradition every single year I got to see my dad it was the like it was a highlight of my year I was always so excited you could just imagine me at 10 years old like on the plane about to like fly and I was like oh my god like I'm about to see my dad 
um, with my sister. And I think my mum came with me on the first time, but like we hardly saw her. She just like did the flight with us. And then every other year from that, I think it was another like seven years, me and my sister flew by ourselves. So I think that's also why I'm quite a confident traveler because I started flying to the like Caribbean by myself when I was like 11 years old, obviously with my sister. But then saying that a few years after that, we'd like go at different times. And so maybe when I was like 15, I started going by myself. Um, and that was quite fun because obviously as a single mom, you have like very, you know, you've got a budget. And so holidays weren't really like a major thing. Like we would go away to maybe like France or something or Belgium um, to like see family and stuff. But mostly we'd go like camping or something in England. And so having like a four week, like a month trip to the Caribbean was just like so crazy back then. I was like, oh my God. And what was interesting was that my stepdad came into my life, what, two months before my dad reached out. And so I'd gone like four years without nothing. And then Phil, my stepdad, who we love, um, came into my life literally like a few days before my birthday. And I remember he gave me a 10 pound note on my birthday and I was like, I am rich. Like, oh my God, I don't think I'd ever got more, more than like one or two pounds. Um, and so I was just so excited when Phil came into my life and he actually came to my mum to, to Aruba the first time as well. And then, yeah, carried on seeing my dad. And then obviously my dad passed away when I was 17. So those trips to Aruba stopped um, and just the whole, I guess, dad side stuff. My stepdad has been like a very consistent man in my life, I guess. And he was always there for us. And, it, you know, he really looked after my mum, and she needed that support. You know, my mum is a very strong, independent woman, but to have two kids by yourself is hard. And so him joining the family was great. We were able to like move into a nicer house, which was amazing. And he like took us on holidays, which was really sweet. Um, and he always enjoyed spending his money on like experiences, which I think something that like he taught me and he'd rather do that than like, he would never like splash us with like clothes or things like that, but he'd be like, right, we'll go on holiday. So that was something that I learned from him. And then I moved out when I was 19, just before my 20th birthday, actually. I think if I was mentally stable, I would have moved out earlier just because financially I could have because of social media, but I was going through recovery then. And so just like a lot of stuff was going on. Do you know what I mean? Like whatever. Um, but when I felt in a better place, I moved out with Millie and we went, moved to London, lived there for a year and then moved into this apartment. And yeah, here I am. Someone said, are you religious? I am not. I'd say I'm more like on the spiritual side, but not like extreme, just kind of like, I do think there's more out there. Like, I don't think it's just us. I don't think we're just in charge of everything. I think there's some other stuff going on. You know, I think the moon has its power. I think the universe has its power. So I guess I'm a little universe girly. I used to be like into my like um, crystals and stuff, but they are just sitting on my shelf and I just look at them because they look pretty. Um, <laughs> but yeah, someone asked, do you have any regrets from the past? No, because you can't regret things. It's what 
like I wouldn't be sat here right now if I didn't experience all those things. Now, would there be things I'd tell my younger self? A hundred percent. Oh my God. Probably most of them to do with boys. I won't lie. I, I don't know how to phrase this, but there was probably people I didn't need to, how do I say this? I was probably more involved with boys at a younger age because I went through some essay stuff when I was younger. And so my respect for my body had been taken away from me from a young age. And so going into like 14, 15 years old, I like, I didn't know what respect was. I didn't know that I, I didn't, I didn't know what boundaries were. I didn't know how to say no. I didn't know any of that stuff. So if there's anything I'd actually say to my younger self, I'm like, oh my God, girly, you do not have to do that. You do not have to do what they want. You don't have to go there with people. You're allowed to say no. If you're uncomfortable in bed, like just say no. And like my heart hurts for that little girl, but she didn't like, you don't know. And that's why I, I've said this before on my podcast, please do not slut shame a girl. You have no idea what she has gone through. Just keep your mouth shut. Keep your opinions to yourself. Like I remember when I was told I was a slag at 14 because I had got with a guy. And imagine like, like, sorry, what? Like, if you actually think about it, did I have sex? No, so how could you call me a slag? But secondly, like you had no idea what I had gone through. Like sexual abuse stuff gives you trauma, right? And you already think that it's your fault when it isn't. And then just being like called stuff like that growing up, it's not very nice. It really isn't nice. And so that's just my harsh but kind message. If you are saying anything like that to other people or if you're there in conversation and all I can say girls and guys, if you are in the midst of a conversation and people are not speaking nicely about someone, you are allowed to speak up. In fact, it is a very nice thing to do to speak up because I remember so many like experiences when I was younger where, you know, I was in a friendship group and some girls were really, really not nice to me. And some of my friends would be completely silent and I'd just be like, bro, like, do you know what I mean? Like it does make a difference when someone politely says something. Now, on top of that, when I look back, am I mad at them? No, like at friends that didn't say anything because we are so young. We have hardly any like emotional intelligence. Nowadays, it, you know, it's a lot more kind of normal or I don't even know, but yeah, I think for a very long time I will butt into a conversation and just be like, you don't need to say that. Like if a group of guys are talking about a girl in a bad way, I would literally turn around and be like, can you shut up? Like, just don't talk about that. Um, and so, yeah, I think that kind of like went onto a bit of a tangent, but you can't really have any regrets. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, I'm annoyed that, I'm not annoyed, but you know, talking about my past and talking about guys that certain people have like been that close to me or whatever, but I can't actually give it too much thought. Do you know what I mean? I can't really go down that path because I'll just get my head in a twist and I hardly ever think about it. And not, none of it is wrong, which I think is the most important part. None of it is wrong. 
it's just experiences and learning curves. And the good thing is that I've actually learned my boundaries now. Like I, I am the boundary queen. And so that is the important part. Okay, someone said, what sports did you do growing up? Because I know I've briefly talked about some sporty stuff, but I think the main ones I did was gymnastics, dancing. I did tennis, trampolining. I played rounders at school. I did some karate when I was younger. Um, oh, swimming. I did swimming. I did athletics. Oh God, I, I did quite a bit. I think the ones I didn't play, if we go for that, was football, netball, hockey. Um, netball, I was okay at. Like I'd be, I'd, I'd play if like they needed me or something like school teams, but it wasn't like my main thing. Hockey, I don't think I was great at and football. I never really, you know, I can kick the ball, but that's about it. Um, but yeah, I, I did definitely do a range of sports. A lot of them were kind of the school ones. My mum got us into swimming very young. So we did do like paid swimming lessons for like quite a few years, um, like every week, I guess. And that went up. And so my swimming got quite good. So I feel like I've got swimming under my belt. Trampolining, my mum, we paid for that did that like quite a lot actually I enjoyed that a lot I love trampolining um and so I did lessons on like the big proper trampolines and then I had a trampoline in my backyard so I'd always practice things on that but again on and off you know maybe I would do it for like six months and then stop and then restart like a year later or something and then gymnastics was I did like recreational gymnastics class so not going into advanced um and then practiced a lot in my garden. And then when I got to school, I was in the gym squad. And I think I developed most things there. And not in terms of like the coaches were teaching me skills, but I just built up my confidence. I got better at like the dancing part of gymnastics as well. And then I did do quite a lot of dance as well when I was younger, but again, like very basic, like weekly stuff. But I do remember at one point I was dancing quite a lot in my week. Like I was doing ballet tap national, nationals like, I don't even know how to explain that and something else modern um and so I was like doing loads of classes a week and then I, I did that for maybe a year and then I stopped and I just continued ballet and then I realized I like street dance so then I went into like street dance and I did that for a few years and then I went into the I got into the dance like school company and they were actually really good as in like that was probably like the highest okay not the highest but like you, you everyone in the squad were dancers and I always thought myself as not a dancer because I didn't go to like all the dance lessons that they had done their whole life you know and they've just done ballet or like lessons from when they were born and up until now and I was like no like I literally just danced in my room and I went to a few classes when I was younger um and so yeah I did that and then did some tennis a, a lot as well because my family loved tennis so yeah I guess I can just do a little bit of every sport Athletics was mainly school. I did try out some stuff, but what I found growing up was when I was younger, I did not like committing to a club. Like it was my idea of hell that I did not have freedom of choice of what to do after school. And if I had to go somewhere. And so when I was younger, I like didn't like, I would say to my mom, I want to do this. I would do it. And I'd be like, I don't want to do that. Like I want to do the sport, but I don't want to do it in that way. I started in the gym when I was like 13. I remember my, my sister worked at the gym, like in the swimming section and she got me in like before I was 14 and then when I was 14 I could actually sign up and I just loved it like I loved going I never like 
I, I can't really use consistent as a word because I was a teenager, but like I went quite a bit. Like there was definitely times where I went like a lot in my week or not even a lot in my week, even just like once a week, but it was quite consistent. And then there was a good few times where I didn't gym for like a year or something. And then I'd get back into it and stuff. Um, but yeah, I've been gymming for a while now, which is probably why I get bored at things and I need to take up new things. Cause I'm like, eh, I've done that one for a while, but I'm feeling good with where I am at to be fair. Like with my things coming up and everything like that, I did a 30K yesterday and I just felt so strong. I was just like, oh my God, I can feel my running progress. Like I can run and I just felt so good. Um, and I've got a call literally in four minutes. <laughs> I've had a busy day. Um, I've got a call in four minutes with a Hyrox coach. It was kind of exciting because I put something on my story saying, you know, I want to get into a bit more of a Hyrox plan. And so we're going to have a call and see how we can like adjust that in with marathon training because I did a high rock session at the beginning of the week and it took me five days to recover. Now you can't do that with marathon training because you, you're not going to be at your optimal for runs, which is what I need. Um, but then at the same time, I can't wait till the marathon is over to start my um, high rocks training because high rocks is like four weeks after that, if not three, no, it is four weeks, but I'm going to give myself two, <laughs> two and a half weeks after the marathon, not moving because I won't be able to. So basically, girl math, I've got two weeks. So I need to start now, um, or at least I want to. Um, but yeah, so that's exciting, feeling good. I've been doing some more pull-ups recently, which make me happy because they make me happy, but I stopped doing them as much and then I could do less and then it didn't make me happy. <laughs> Not like I base myself on my strength. It's more just the fact that like, I enjoy when I feel like I can do things and, and you know, pull myself up to the bar 10 times that makes me happy <laughs> um i quite literally have to go but i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode it was quite random like there was so many different things on here and if you enjoyed it please let me know because we could totally have some more questions because there were firstly loads more but i also didn't even feel like i talked about that much but maybe i did and time just went really quickly because i was having fun <laughs> um but yeah i re actually really enjoyed this episode and it's nice just to absolutely free ball an episode. Most of the time I do anyways, but this was a complete free ball. Anyways, I shall stop blabbing and I shall go finish my food. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. I hope you have an amazing week and I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Bye.